Welcome to Generation Tech, the podcast where we talk about technology from the perspective of two different generations. I am one of those generations, Todd Brinker, and the other is my dad, Jack Brinker. How are you? I'm just fine, Todd. Good to hear your voice. Likewise. Happy uh, Tuesday this week. Almost yeah. said Monday again. By, by the way, how's wet California? Yeah, well, we're swimming. <laughs> I'm uh, my, on my second week of uh, morning practices, 5 a.m. practices with my high school swim team. And uh, let me tell you, rolling out of bed at 4 and looking outside, there's not a lot of appeal or motivation for for not crawling. You know, for, for, there's nothing a lot motivating me not to crawl back in bed. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> Sheer force of will, I think, uh, is the only thing that keeps us from go, uh, just, just calling it a day. It's, uh, wow. and today, you know, the, the rain is tapering a little bit today, but it, it rained, it's rained for the last like 36 hours nonstop. It has not, yes. there's not really been any let up. Um, you know, rain's harder and, and, and softer at different times, but, um, but a cold front has come in behind it. And so the snow level is dropping down on the mountains. So the mountains look pretty, but it's also then just that much more cold and miserable in the morning when you're trying to coach a swim team. So, yeah. Well, yeah. You know. Well, I've been thinking about you. Yeah. And it's on, you've been in the news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not me personally, thank goodness, because that's usually not good. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. Though the weather has been something here, um, you know, and it hits us, and then you know, two or three days later, it's rolling through the Midwest, and you know, that's kind of how the the weather cycle goes. So, you know, hopefully they're they're building up snowpack and and filling up reservoirs, and all is going well. So, um, wow. you know, we'll talk. We'll we'll tolerate it. We'll take it. We'll take some rain. You know, the frustrating yeah. thing is I know a lot of it they don't capture. A lot of it just, you know, flows into uh, storm drains and out to the ocean. And, yeah. and it's like, man, that's that's fresh water that you don't have to desalinate. I mean, you have to purify it and store it and take, you know. But, you yeah, know. But it's not dependable. Yeah. Pump, pump <laughs> it into an aquifer. Hold on to this stuff, man. You know. Yeah. You yeah. think that uh, it would be a few switches you could open and. And fill up the ponds instead of letting yeah. run. Yeah, you know, given given the uh, the push towards ecology and and uh, and and water uh, retention here in California, you would think that all of our uh, rain drainage, storm drainage, would be set up to go into some sort of retention as opposed to just letting it uh, wash away. Yeah, but the, this kind of rain just isn't. Uh, Worth spending the money on, I guess. Well, I think that's what it is. Is you know, we essentially live, at least I do, in a, in a what's a desert climate, so we don't get that rain that often. And to build the infrastructure to capture it when we do, would be you know fortune. Yeah. I mean, just billions of dollars to build that. Yeah. And how often does it get used? It might set for a decade before it really gets used well. So I understand that side of it too, you know. And yeah. and there's a fair number of of. Uh, above ground lakes and stuff that are are water basins for us here and so they you know they're capturing water just like they always do naturally water flows in there so mm-hmm. anywho we got some tech stuff i uh had an article uh it was actually a wired magazine article talking about the hewlett packard ceo and he says that he, they that they intentionally will brick their own printers if you use third party ink in them 
because they're concerned that their hackers will get into your system that way, that hackers will will uh, basically be on the little uh, chips that are in their ink cartridges and that those hackers then could then infect your local home networks and computers. And my response is then don't put chips in the ink cartridges. You don't need them anyway, you dummy. And then we wouldn't have this problem. I think that's, it's just a, a horrible thing. Um, and, you know, I, I'm assuming that this is kind of what happened to me. I have a, what was a fairly, I had, I threw it away. I had a fairly high end office, small office or home office designed inkjet printer and actually had a pair of them. Loved them from HP in terms of how they were working. Then mm-hmm. after some software upgrades, uh, the next time I went to go change the ink out, they quit working. And I bought the ink. Uh, it was, you know, it was Am- Amazon labeled packaging. If it was, if, if it was, um, you know, if it was a third party ink, they did their best to fake it because I couldn't tell. Uh, and so then I, that didn't work. So then I went and bought some more from what I thought was maybe I bought it originally on Amazon. It's like, well, you know, who knows what the, you know, it could be something wrong. So, so then I went and bought some, um, from the local staples, a black ink cartridge, like a $50 cartridge mm-hmm. still didn't work. So then I bought one directly from HP still didn't work. So I think the first one, maybe they bricked my computer because somebody had sold me something that was, you know, labeled HP, but wasn't HP. And so mm. I have now garbage, and I wasted $150 on, on ink that I can't use. I was so mad, I took the entire thing and chucked it in a, in a dumpster and said, I'll never mm. buy an HP product again. And I went and bought one of the um, uh, Epson EcoTank ones where you don't buy a cartridge. You just buy a bottle of ink and squirt more ink in it when you need it. And yep. that way, there's no chips or anything in there. There's no you know, dynamic system security uh I think Hewlett Packard has taken uh, what was, you know, they invented inkjets and they've shot, right. shot themselves in the foot. This is just well, the. And, and it's not just the printers. I mean, just that mm-hmm. kind of, any admission, that kind of behavior by a major company just damages mm-hmm. the entire company name. Yeah. The whole brand. Yeah. It's just been just trashed. Yeah. Now, in fact, uh, I would never intentionally purchase an HP product again and um and those that I have I don't use you know or I've mm. thrown away uh I, I won't even give them away like I would give away one of one of those things that you know it it just shows an attitude of the company that we're we're going to try to force you to do things the way we want you to do them even after you've purchased something you don't really own it we're going to own it and and make you do it the way we want you to do it well, and, the, and only, you, the only the only reason to keep it is is that this just all screams lawsuits for you yeah. know for everybody who ever owned anything. Yeah, well, HP has been hit with a lawsuit over its dynamic security system, uh, you know, and it's something that they've been employing deploying on their printers. Uh, I've still got the receipt because I bought it online, and I you know I can show that I purchased it if there's ever a uh, a payout on that. You know, I always, those to me th- th- are, are irritating too. I, I keep getting emails from, um, uh, com- uh for, for an Apple, uh, uh, lawsuits, you know, saying, well, if you're part of this, this party that's ever owned one of these, you know, come yeah. get, you know, we'll get you some money. And, and you know how that works out. You get a check for, you know, $4 in the, in the, in the mail, you know, yeah. uh, two years from now and the lawyers get, Thirty million dollars, you know. That's, like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that that's not a win-win. Um, yeah. You know, I just, 
Yeah, but but the, the behavior of Hewlett Packard and the the brazen you know explanation that yes we're doing this we're taking something that you bought spent good money for and we're destroying it if you don't play by our rules and if you accidentally don't play by our rules tough luck yeah i i i'm sure they probably had something that you had to agree to uh when you loaded it down but you didn't read it because it's a bunch of garbage oh yeah when you turn it on you get 15 pages of lawyerese I, I, I want Congress to pass a law that says none of that counts for anything. Yeah. Because nobody reads it. That's yeah, not no. a way to do business. Well, and in fact, even if it does, they, they, those kind of things, you know, the lawyers make the companies do it, but it never protects them. They get sued anyway. And well, very often they lose. They point to, well, they agreed. And, you know, and it's, it's pretty easy to say, yeah, but you gave them 15 pages of four point type. They, you know, no, nobody could, Nobody read that. Nobody knows what it means even, you know, because it's written in, in lawyer speak. Well, that's why I'm saying that mm-hmm. we just we just take the lawyers out of their this business that was written mm-hmm. for lawyers by, of course, most of the congressmen are I was lawyers say, Most anyway. of the people making the laws are also lawyers, and so they're not going to do anything to make it harder for lawyers to do lawyering. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. how they make their money. That's how they this live. Is- this is another good thing to get Trump to do, right? <laughs> so I'll get go- those damn lawyers for you. I'm oh. not going there. He's he's probably the <laughs> largest um, uh, single, uh, yeah. What was it? Hirer of lawyers, employer of lawyers in the country. Uh, yeah. He sues people right and left, and and then he's got a whole bunch of them defending him because he's being sued right and left. So yeah. I, I I doubt that he's going to be the solution. But uh, but <laughs> you know I yeah. You know, it's just like lawyers, Eh. you know, and I know there's really good people who are in law and do great things for other people. And, and I, and, you know, my hat's off to them, but, but this type of law and this type of, of lawsuit and this type of behavior by a corporation, you know, it's, that's that's the sad thing. And most people like, you know, stumbling into their local, you know, Target or Walmart or, or Staples to buy a printer. They don't have any idea. They just go like, what's on sale? You know, yep. and and yep. so they don't know that that this company is, you know, intentionally behaving so badly. Exactly. You know, they're intentionally going to not only, you know, I, I talked about the fact that, you know, they would they would shut it off, but they're punitive about it. They're not just telling you you have to do it our way. If you don't, this thing you purchased, we'll just take it away from you. Tough luck. Yep. Yep. And 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 they've admitted it. You know, that's the yeah. thing. It's like, yeah, yeah. We shut it off because, you know, you didn't, you didn't use the ink that we sold you. Even if you thought you did, that's the thing that bothers me is I have a printer that died. I never intentionally bought any ink that wasn't HP ink. Everything I had had an HP label on it. They all looked the same. I bought three different ink cartridges that all looked identical. And mm-hmm. my printer quit printing and it became a, a, a doorstop. Mm-hmm. And and like I said, it was a higher end printer. It wasn't the little you know hundred dollar printer that you can pick up on sale. I bought a higher end beefy printer because I I was using it a lot, and and I was just I was so livid. I, I like I said to this day, I will never ever buy an HP product. Period. End. Stop. Mm-hmm. That was just terrible. Well, so, we're at a point where people don't print that much stuff anymore. Who wants all this damn paper? Yeah, know? I don't. I honestly hardly print anything. My wife prints all the time. She's a teacher, and she's printing things all the time. Every weekend, yeah. she prints 10, 20 pages of stuff. And very often, it's she's printing out things that she then cuts out, reassembles, and then makes copies of. 
You know, right. it's pre-done yeah. worksheets and things like that, that she's like, you know, she wants to use a little bit of this one, a little bit of that one. And it's just easier for her to print it out, paste it together and make a copy of it than it is to try to, you know, copy parts of PDFs or, or images and then put paste them back together. So, yeah. so Ooh, well, and her school, because schools are, are what schools are. She doesn't have access to a high speed printer to print like things to hand out. But she has access to a high-speed copier, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, they're basically the guts is the same thing. But she can't print to the copier, so she has to make a physical copy of it so that she can uh-huh. then make lots of copies for her kids. So she prints a lot of stuff out. So, yep. so we maintain a working printer. But yeah, well, I don't know. I've, this is, I've got a little pet peeve about printers in general, though. So why isn't every printer sold anywhere? designed to hold a ream of paper. They sell paper in reams of 500 sheets. Yeah. Every printer, you should just <laughs> open a ream and stick it in. Yep. It's like the stupid hot dog and the bun issue. Could these two <laughs> industries get together, please? You know, how come my paper thing even on the on the big um on the, you know, like a, a laser printer, they hold like 200 sheets. Yeah. Well, but nobody sells paper in packages of 200. They sell it in packages of 500. So I have, you know, half open, half used open packages of paper that I have to keep track of. Well, somebody will probably probably sell you a, a half of a ream of paper for the same price you pay for the ream. Oh, know? absolutely. Yeah, I know I can <laughs> I, I can buy paper in 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 100 100 sheet packages. Absolutely. You know, like the printer we have right now, the Epson Inco, Eco printer that we've got, like it in most ways, it holds 50 sheets of paper. Hmm. And I don't understand what's so hard about it. You literally take the paper and set it in the little thing, and that's it. You're done. Yep. I mean, it yep. just takes – my wife can't do that. So every time she runs, it runs out of paper, she calls me because she puts paper <laughs> – She puts the problem. <laughs> she puts paper in it. But it doesn't work. I don't know what she's doing. I don't know how to not make it work. It's that simple. How do you put paper in it and it doesn't work? I don't understand. But every time she does it, it doesn't work. So she has me do it. And often when I get there, the paper she put in it is there. All I do is take it out. I I literally pick it up with my right hand, put it back down with my right hand, and say, okay, now try. And it works. So I don't know. I I don't know. It's frustrating. Uh, Oh. The paper gods. Yeah. If they would hold 500, you know, if they'd hold one ream, 500 pages, I wouldn't have to do that so often. Yep. You know, how hard is it to design something that actually fits the size of the package of the paper that goes in it? Yeah. You know, I mean, Epson sells uh, the little uh, bottles of ink that you squirt into the into the thing when you run out. The little thing that, that you squirt the ink into yeah. holds X number of ounces. They sell you bottles that have X number of ounces in it. The same. They match. They understand. So how come they don't do that with the paper? <laughs> I don't understand. You know, this is where the, the design engineers and the, and the um, you know, human interface people fail. Just fail. You know? Yep. Like I say, it, 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 hot dogs. Why do hot dogs come in in six or, you know, was it eights and hot and buns come in sixes? Well, because one half of the of the, the, any combination of those things wants to do it their way. <laughs> I know. Well, they both do. Apparently, it's That's just so right. stupid. Either one of them could change. 
No, change is something we just avoid. You know. I tell you in what, fact, if if, in a, fact, in if fact, a hot dog user, company ever got into the bun business or vice versa, that's the only brand I would ever buy so that they could see, match. You, you see, I think we're way beyond the point of even needing paper and, and printers and any of that crap anymore. Mm-hmm. Even books. Get them on your damn digital. You know? Right, right. It's just and, wasteful. And Talk about environment, you know. Sure. If you got want to do something with the environment, tell people to stop using paper. Well, having worked in the newspaper industry in the past, the paper <laughs> that we that we use for for ninety nine percent of what we have out there is yeah. grown on, in farms just like wheat and corn. I know it's a completely renewable resource, so there's no reason not to use paper if you want it. But the same by the same token, yeah, you don't need I. I I'm not even actively trying to avoid using paper, and I don't use hardly any paper anymore. It's just not something. Yeah. I say that, and I'm sitting here looking at a stack of tax documents that were sent to me, though, you know, from every bank and financial yep. institution that we've ever, you know, thought about talking to, you know, <laughs> yep. and W-2s. And it's like, and those things are all available electronically, but I think they're required by law to send you a paper copy before the end of February. They have to, yep, you know, it has to be postmarked. Probably. And, and, so, and they won't. And nobody's going to change that for 50 years, you know? No, exactly. You know, there's so many stuff. It's all... uh, (sighs) This is is government. Government, Well, it's democracy. It's democracy. It's the republic. It's just... It's messy. And you got to just live with the fact that it's slow and it's messy. You want something that's much neater and runs faster? Then you have to have, you know, an an overlord decreeing it shall be this way because they can change their mind on a whim. But then there's drawbacks about living in that kind of environment, too. So. Oh, well. You know what I mean? I mean. Yep. If you have have somebody who has absolute power, they can change their mind whenever they feel like it. And so it doesn't take years for people to finally catch on and say, hey. You know, if anybody sells a package of hot dogs that doesn't match the number of buns in the same store, they shall be shot on sight. You know, <laughs> you know that, that that gets people in line. <laughs> Consistency. Yeah. That's, that's the word. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you said you had something you found about some lottery software. What's so great about this lottery software? Why is this better than than just picking numbers randomly? Oh, well, because uh, any so-called random scheme basically mm-hmm. uses some kind of device, whether it's software or uh, a printer. There's a lot of ways people produce random numbers, but they're, uh-huh. never, they're never purely random because people don't study them, and, and you mm-hmm. can actually, with a computer, study that randomness or the lack of randomness, and you find the preferred numbers. Mm-hmm. And so this guy uh, who won the lottery because he uh, found peop- a few other people who were winning the lottery multiple times, or not not just the lottery, multiple lotteries, mm-hmm. uh, and and he brought them together, and, and he was a, a, a more thoughtful person. His stat- statistics was his business, okay? So he knew what was going on. And so he just did a way to automatically collect every time mm-hmm. they publish uh, every lottery that's out there. Uh, yeah, they have to publish their he, results. He, so he, he, he takes that data and puts it into a master database. So that basically is something that then he can sell to other people. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't sell it to lots of people because he wants to just share the, the wealth amongst those who care about it. 
and 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 in the process of doing it, it costs you two hundred dollars to sign up to get his software. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, I've how got, many winners has he had for that two hundred dollars? What's your return on investment? Uh, <laughs> he, he 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 basically says you'll win something on the order of two thousand dollars every month, or something like that, or, uh-huh. or maybe tw- maybe it's twenty thousand. And if you don't for this first two years or whatever, uh, you get your money back all completely. Yeah. I will tell you, I watched a special one time where they were talking about the lottery, and there was a uh, mathematician that worked with the uh, California lottery, but I'm sure mm-hmm. that all of them, Powerball and Mega Millions and every state lottery, probably the yeah. same guy, who basically sits and does the exact same thing, and any time they see that there is a trend beginning to evolve, they change uh-huh. things in the game. And a lot yeah. of times, it's changing the balls. You know, like changing out balls because they notice one yeah. ball is showing up a, a number too often. They'll just yeah. take that ball out and put a new one in. They change the type of paint that they use to identify the numbers on the balls. So they do yeah. all kinds of stuff to make sure that it's, um, you know, that that they also are working. So any trend you think you see, it will not be a long-term trend because they will make changes to fix that. Yeah, and, and this guy knows that. Yeah. And so he he can he he's smart enough to know all the kinds of things that you can do mm-hmm. to change the odds. Sure, you know, and it's it's why you know you uh, Vegas you know you can't come in with a computer and play at their games and put numbers in and, yeah. you know and analyze on the spot because they throw you out. Mm-hmm. Okay, but this is a broad thing there's there's nobody you know it's just a big thing and only those who really go to the effort uh now this guy is 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 helping more people go to the effort because he's selling something that if if you really want to do it in fact uh i send it to you with the idea that if you want to do it that i'll i'll pay a hundred of the 178 dollars or 170 dollars is really what he charged i think uh-huh. and but you you know you got to go spend some money. Mm-hmm. It, there's no guarantees of that that you win at any certain rate. But he knows well enough that his system has been proven for a long time. He's got in his video that you watch uh, lots of other uh, people that uh, he's first helped do it, and now he's kind of expanding the base. And uh-huh. once it gets totally expanded, the lotteries are going to quit because they can't. You cannot have a lottery that isn't that you cannot break. It's yeah. just like it's, it's like an unbreakable bank. And yeah. so this this is the first early stages, I think. Well, unless they I, change unless they change the way they draw the numbers for every draw. Right. Well, so if you have systems for pulling oh, the yeah. the numbers, and then you use different systems for every, you know every time you do it, you mix it up. You've got different machines and different sets of balls. Well, and then you, you you make the the price of them have just conducting the thing more and more expensive until they stop doing it. Yeah. I mean, it, it ultimately, there's no there's no one winner. It's just a cat and mouse game. So the, I'm reading this, and and the article that you sent. Is mm-hmm. a list of ten different soft pieces of software that you can buy that help you analyze the numbers and oh, and oh, I sent you the one that compares the different things, yeah, different systems. Oh, I is that all I sent you? Yes, it's on here. Oh well, I didn't really send you the the good one, right? 
So, um, so after the show, you, you, you send that to me and we'll, uh, let me look at it and then I'll decide if I'll do it. Oh, okay. All right. Alrighty. Might be fun to do. We'll yeah. see. We can okay. report, we can report live whether it's working or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So give a weekly update. But you, but you have to be willing to invest at least that minimum amount of almost two hundred dollars yeah. under that, uh, and then then to go out and buy the tickets. Yeah, you have to buy lottery basis. tickets. Yeah, yep. Now, now this guy, as he was playing the, the game, he he won a number of times without having bought the tickets. You know, he was that. So he had the feedback to check to see if it was working. Sure. <laughs> and then he started putting. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. like people who who. Who uh, you know d- follow the stock market and do fake investments, but don't actually invest anything, right? Right. Um, you know, yeah. we, I, I taught a business class at one time, and that was one of the things we did. Is everybody started with a, you know, a an amount of money. I don't even remember how much it was, but it was you know, fake money. And then each time we met in class, beginning a class, they were supposed to look up the value of their their stock and log it Whoops. so that we could see where they were. Whoops! What? Oh. Uh, anyway, I, you dropped out a little briefly, but that was because I moved my leg up uh, in a different position. Yeah, I, I'm trying to get the computer closer to me so I can read this thing. Yeah. So uh, anyway, okay. Uh, well, I'll look for the um, uh, the link that you can you'll send on the updated stuff. Let's move on. Um, so one of the things we wanted to talk about was the and in fact most of the rest of the show is going to be talking about. The Apple Vision Pro. Actually, Apple Vision Pro. It's about Apple Vision Pro, not the Apple Vision Pro, because Apple's very particular about how you, <laughs> you talk about their, their new device. There is no the in front of it. It's just Apple Vision Pro. Talk about Apple Vision Pro. <laughs> and one yeah, of the things But we'll start but we'll start with Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. And well and and one of the things is is there's been some concern because there's some fairly big name companies that have not announced any support for it yet. But one of the big name companies that has is Microsoft. Microsoft has come out and said that their full suite of Office apps will be ported natively to Apple Vision Pro. So yeah. uh, if you are a user of the Microsoft product suite, which I will admit, although a lot of stuff I do uh, through through the school that I work with is still uh, or has switched over and they're using Google's Office products, which is great if you're sharing things with groups of people and stuff. I still do a lot of my initial work just using uh, uh, the Microsoft things. And particularly if I'm going to do something with a spreadsheet, I far prefer Excel to to Google's online sheets app. Yeah, you know, it's just it just works better to me. So I use the Office stuff. Um, well, you know, you were comparing it to Google, though. Well, I was just saying that I have to use the Google Office stuff for uh, for work for a lot of things. Oh, oh I and, see. And that's fine; it works. But very often, if I'm going to write something, I will write it in Word, or I'll do the initial calculations in Excel, and then I will cut and paste it into Google stuff just because I'm used to that interface. And there's some things, particularly with Excel, that just Excel's still better than everybody else. It's better than than Apple's um, numbers. It's better than Google's sheets. You know, it just, if, you, if you're going to do number crunching, Excel is the tool, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I, use all, I use all the Apple office stuff, so I, yeah. you know, I don't need the yeah. Well, and it depends on your your workload, you know. There are certain things that that the Excel does, 
especially if you're doing uh, really in-depth calculations, multi-step stuff. If you're doing anything that's kind of, you know, scripting things, there's things that yeah. Excel does just that, that it's just it, because it's older, it's a deeper, richer application. Yeah. The, uh, the my last use of office products was ex- almost exclusively uh, with the versions that allowed you to use the basic visual basic or whatever they did. They yeah, call visual it basic kind of. for applications, VBA. Yeah. And they don't all come with that. You can buy some of their office offices that don't have the vision right. well, behind it. And Apple or um, the Apple versions, they they dropped that completely, and then they sort of brought it back because people complained. So uh-huh. you know, if you if you're running on a Mac, that, that you, you lost VBA for a while. Now it's supposed to be back, I believe. Um, but let's face it; those things always worked better on you know natively for for Microsoft. But, uh, but, um, you know, it's the, the, um, it's a, it's a windows product. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, it actually was available on Mac before it was available on windows. Excel was originally uh, Mm -hmm. a Mac product, but you know, I mean, it's, it's made by the people who make windows. Why wouldn't they make all the features there work better and best? The, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, my experience has been that that you know of the office products, like I can work on a word processor. Just about any word processor is going to be fine. Uh, you know, in fact, I use you know the text edit app sometimes, even just as a little quick note taker in on the Mac. Um, yeah, but because it launches quick and you know you can create and it saves it as a text file, so it's just raw text. Um, um, does support rich text format too if you want fonts and stuff. But uh, as far as the uh, other products go, you know, when it comes to, like, um, presentations, I much prefer a- Apple's Keynote to, to PowerPoint. But when it comes mm-hmm. to crunching numbers, the spreadsheets, Excel still reigns, you know, yep. for me. Oh, yeah. And I, I'd, yeah, I would sure. bet you that if you went to accounting departments in just about any company in the country – you would find people saying, "Yeah, this is what I use. <laughs> I don't. I don't use. I don't right. use online. Well, I, I don't, don't use. use. I don't use spreadsheets for numbers anymore. Mostly, it's lists and you know, just nothing but sums and a few simple things. You know, mm-hmm. which is adequately covered by everybody's spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, it depends on your use case. Depends on your use case. So, so. anyway. But, uh, yeah, so, so Microsoft is going to be in the Vision Pro. That's good. Uh, I think they launched and said there was like a million apps that were Vision Pro compatible. I think most of those were iPad apps that just, you know, the the makers well, checked the I, box I, and said run them there. That, that's right. You know, they, they uh, have their Apple products office already on the, uh, on the iPad, right? So in iPad stuff... <laughs> Basically, all works on the Vision Pro. Well, it can, and from what I've been reading, it doesn't just magically work. You need to kind of tweak it a little bit because the interface is different. And so, yeah. so you know, if you want it to be Vision Pro, if you want your iPad app to be Vision Pro compatible, you have yeah. to compile it with a box checked, and you might have to do some additional tweaking and tuning in the code just to make sure that it works right. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it's you know minimal comparatively speaking is what I understand. I haven't done it myself, but um, having listened to other people talk about it, but 
I thought it was yeah. interesting. You, the next article you had up was Headset Wars, How Apple Vision Pro Stacks Up Against Competition. And everything I've read is pretty much said there really isn't any competition, that this is a, just a, in a league by itself in terms of being a different kind of application or a different kind of device that yeah. virtually everything else out there is a you know virtual reality device. In fact, even here they talk about you know how does it compare to to other big tech companies VR headsets. Well, th- it's not a VR headset. So there you know it can do VR, but it's not a VR headset. And so you know there that's like saying, well, how does everybody else's monkey wrench stack stack up to your screwdriver? You know, yeah. uh, it doesn't. It, it's it's not well, a really it, straightforward it, comparison. Right, but if you pick out the primary thing, which is the display. You know, there are multiple displays and capabilities with those displays. Sure. And if, you know, if a a less expensive subset, you know, scratches your itch, then why? Oh, absolutely. In fact, I don't think there's any doubt that things like the the Oculus, that Meta's Oculus thing is a much better gaming device. If you you want a a headset-type device for gaming... Then you probably shouldn't be going and looking. I mean, you can look at it, but I mean, I, you probably shouldn't be thinking about spending thirty five hundred dollars for an Apple Vision Pro uh, right. rather than you know a thousand dollars or less for a except Meta except for the quality except for the quality of display. You know, so that's evident to everybody. So. Right, but what I'm saying is use case, right? It's again back to yeah. the previous thing. You know, your monkey wrench doesn't stack up to my screwdriver. When driving screws, but right. if I'm if I'm wrenching on a pipe, my screwdriver is pretty useless. So yep. so how you're going to use it has a lot to do with with how um, you know what the value is of the product to you. Exactly. So, um, yeah. You know. So um, so I think here's a good time for me to say that yes, I did indeed schedule a demo at the my local Apple store and yesterday I went and spent about a half an hour uh, with an Apple Vision Pro on my face walking being walked through by the employee there in the Apple store thank you Vicky for your help uh, and uh, and so I got to actually have firsthand knowledge of what it's like to have this thing on my head and what it looks like to see this stuff and let me tell you um, there, I, I came away with, with mixed feelings on a couple levels. So I think that they were absolutely genius at figuring out what the interface needed to be. The idea that uh, they're tracking my eyes and that I can look at something on screen and then that thing will then highlight in, in some visible way. Sometimes it's it's an extra little bar or handle pops up next to it or sometimes it just you know gets a little bit brighter or something. So, you, But you know that when you're looking at it that it has been selected. And then yeah. – then with your hands basically in your lap or you can hold them up in front of you, if you just take a finger and tap your forefinger to your thumb, that then selects it. It's like tapping on it uh, would be yeah. on your on your iPad. And that interface and the idea that I can then pinch and then move my hand right or left when I'm looking at the grab handle. So you look at the mm-hmm. grab handle, pinch, and then you can move right or left, and that moves the window around. You can also push your hand in or out or, you know, away from or towards your body, and it will move the window away from you or towards you. And that mm-hmm. it, that whole human interface design works extremely well uh-huh. with one one gotcha. And this is where I came away with what I would call mixed feelings. And this is, again, remember, this is a version one that has been on sale for four days now. 
So uh, it's it's very mm-hmm. early in the product's life cycle, right? Um, there were multiple times in my demo when I looked to the section where the grab handle was supposed to be and it didn't appear. So I'd look, then I'd look away, then I'd look, then I'd look away, then I'd look, and then it would suddenly be there, and then I would grab it. Okay. Hmm. Uh, there were a couple times, and this is probably just use rare because I'm not used to it, where I would like grab before I had looked at it. You know, I knew what I was doing and my, my eye mm-hmm. had not gotten there uh, quite as quickly as I clamped my finger. And so I didn't get the result that I expected. That's user error. I fully expect that would go away with more use. But the interface seemed a little laggy in a few areas. Um, when that happened, I noticed also that I started to get a bit of a strobe effect in my visuals because I was sitting in a room under fluorescent lighting and, and the young lady who was my guide through this made an adjustment. She has the ability to use the, my, my control settings. And I asked her, I said, is that something that I could go, you know, like to settings and adjust? And she said, Oh yeah, absolutely. She said, I just didn't want to walk you through going to settings and making that adjustment when I can make it right here. So I don't know whether she was changing the um, the uh, like refresh rate on my screen, you know, the variable refresh rate, or, mm-hmm. or what she did, but something that fixed the strobing effect. Um, the other thing that I noticed, which was really cool, is that the, the the visual quality is stunning. Like I literally could take screens and set them in front of me and move them around, and they looked as good as the 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 you know 4K screen that I'm sitting in front of. They really looked good. First of all, I have a question. Mm-hmm. The the person aiding you, do they ha- have a, a headset on that shares what's on yours? No, so what they, they have is an iPad well, how Mini. How did she know you had the strobing effect? Well, I told her. But she has an iPad Mini. And in the iPad Mini that she's holding on to has uh, a bunch of controls and stuff along her left-hand side. And then it shows my, uh, a video of what I'm seeing in front of her, sort of top right-hand side. So maybe two-thirds of the screen is is what I'm seeing. And so she can see what I'm seeing. Of course, she's seeing it in, you know, 2D, where I can see certain things in 3D. And then, but she also had controls that she could adjust to the, the, the device on the fly. And she said that the controls she had are all duplicated in my settings. But rather than have me stop and go and adjust through the settings, they wanted to, right. to move people through this demo in a minimum amount of time. You know, they had a lot of, like, I think 25 minutes for a demo and then five minutes to reset before the next person came in. I got you. So, okay. um, so really beautiful screens. And sort of the default mode is everything sits in a rectangle that's just floating in space. I did have an instance where I had, like, I had three windows open and I go to close the windows and the third window was off to the right. And then the main menu pops up, but now it's offset to the right. So the way to reset it is just press and hold on the little, um, uh, dial that's on the, on the screen. I can't remember what they call it though. The magic crown or something like that. Uh, Hmm. anyway, that then resets it to center your vision wherever you're looking. So you just look straight ahead and then press and hold the button and it recenters. Oh. Um, but it was really cool how when you placed something in a position, whether you moved your head or not, it stayed in that position. So you had to turn your head back to look at it. Oh, yeah. And I did have an application uh, once where I had a window up and I turned to look at her because she's sitting to my left and the block 
the, the, the window was half covering her face. So I then stopped for a second and dragged the window out of the way so that I could see her because it was a little, it was annoying to be able to, you know, look at her and, and, but this thing was in the way. So I had to move that out of the way. And I suspect there's some shortcuts for like, you know, shrink all your windows or, or close everything and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So you put them back into reality, just right. reality mode. Right. Well, by default, you have windows floating within the space that's there. So I saw everything around me. So except th- what was behind the window. Well, except what was behind the window because the windows were opaque. Correct. So and then I could drag the window closer to me or grab the window and make it bigger and basically block out more or less. There was a funny part where there was a, a set of drawers uh, on just to, to her left on the other side of her. And while she started talking right at the beginning of the demo, I had one window open in front of me. And then two guys came over to get something out of the drawers. And all I could see underneath the window was this guy's butt while he was trying to get in and out of this drawer. <laughs> and it's like he's you know maybe three feet away from me you know four feet away from me something like that not far and it just was kind of weird to see like hey i've got this cool window and oh and a butt um, <laughs> um if you turn the dial on the crown the digital crown you can mm-hmm. then basically start blacking out the background by putting in one of the uh the super high res uh, what do they call those? Um, it's yeah, I, I can't remember what they call it, but it's an environment. Uh, maybe it's an environment. You bring in an environment, and so the one that I was I was sitting at this on a, like a lake in the woods, and it started sprinkling and raining, and so it's the super high res video that's just sitting as a background, and I could dial that in a little bit or dial it in a hundred percent so that it completely uh, envelops my vision. So and, you can block out reality completely. Right. So I can block out reality completely and still have my windows sitting there. So if I don't – if there's things that are distracting going on. Um, and what was cool was that, like, if I turned to talk to Vicky sitting to my left, even though I had the environment blocked out, you could see her sort of – it would sort of become opaque around her so that I could see her while we were talking. But as soon as my attention went away from her, then it just went solid opaque again. Uh so that way, you know, if I knew there was somebody there and I needed to have a conversation with them, they would come into view and then they would fade back out when I was no longer paying attention to them. Oh, that's that's uh, sounds a little strange. It, it was okay. a little it was a little weird, but it was also really, really nice. It was it, what what it, what it felt like was very natural. You know, like if you're sitting, like if I was sitting here looking at my screen right now and there was somebody to my left, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I could be talking to them without really looking at them. I don't see them. But as soon as I look at them, I want to be able to see them and have a conversation and then go back to what I'm doing. And, and it, it worked that way, you know? And what was nice then is it fully surrounded you. And the, um, I did not have, uh, AirPods in while doing the demo, but there is sound that comes out of the, the unit. Uh, right above each ear. And it's mm-hmm. very high quality sound. And if there wasn't anything else making sound, the environment that I dialed up just had the sound of like the woods. Oh. So it was like you were sitting in the woods. But the room noise, of course, you could still hear. Obviously, yeah, because I didn't have, if I'd wanted to isolate myself further, then I could have, uh, or you can, I, I'm sure for the demo you couldn't, but you can put in the, the most recent version of the AirPods Pro will sync to it and and work with it in in a uh very closely so that you're there's no lag in sound or anything and uh 
and that so, then will block out the world because you can use noise cancellation. Right. Yeah, which you want on an airplane or something. Right. And you get spatial sound then. Something that they, you know, so what you got to do is I got to open a couple different apps, see how they work. Then I got to play a couple videos. So I went to the, um, their TV app, which is just looks just like the Apple TV app icon, you know, and you launch it. And the first thing they showed me was a little bit of, uh, uh, Mario Brothers animated movie and in 3D, which, was okay, but it was animated. I wanted to see something that was shot differently. So, so then they showed me some video that was shot. By the way, they pointed out, she would tell me like, okay, this is shot from the Apple Vision Pro. And then she showed me another one. This is shot from an iPhone 15. And you could tell the iPhone 15 with the cameras being closer together, the sense of 3D depth wasn't quite as, as impressive. It says I lost connection. Can you hear me? Hmm. Lovely. Anyway, um, I'll keep talking. The um, the the quality of the 3D video was phenomenal, and you know they showed like a, a little girl blowing out birthday candles, and I mean almost emotional response to being able to see something in 3D like that. But then they showed 3D immersive video, and so they showed uh, I think it was Janelle Monae singing, but. She's singing to the camera and you feel like you're in the room with them because you've got this great quality sound and 3D video of her and then the people in her band in a studio. And they pan around and that was phenomenal. The quality of that sound was just incredible. I've lost him, so I'm going to just ring him back up and see if we can get through. But the um, the 3D video was amazing that 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 immersive video um they showed some uh sports video of uh soccer because you know they've got the mls um contract uh, apple does and i think that's something else that i am going to really appreciate with this thing eventually i did not buy one but eventually is some being able to go to sporting events and concert events without actually being there, but getting 3D video and immersive sound uh, and then being able to select where you want to sit within that environment. They showed somebody basically just sitting at the, in the uh, right behind the goal um, when shots were being taken. And it was just amazing. Absolutely amazing. The video quality is stunning. Um, in fact, I joked, I know Apple is, is sponsoring the, um, Super Bowl halftime show this year. I said, you know, if they were going to be able to play the Super, the Super Bowl in that 3D immersive video, if I could watch that, I would buy one of these today. I would walk out with it because I, that would be amazing to be able to sit and watch the game in that sensibility, you know, in that 3D environment. Um, but, uh, alas, that is not to be, at least not yet. So. Apple didn't. Apple lost the uh, the football bidding to YouTube and find folks over at Google. And so, um, you know, if you're but if you're a uh, major league soccer fan, there's absolutely no reason to think that Apple won't be shooting video this way. And in fact, I would be shocked if Apple didn't soon uh, also have um, have their videos for all their TV shows on Apple TV Plus shot in 3D. And you'll be able to watch stuff that way. So I'm going to pause. Let me see if I can remember how to pause. And we'll go from there. All right. Let's see.
is this not working? Okay, I'm I'm here. As All right, you can hear. We're back. Um, we're we're talking a little bit differently. We had a a Skype implosion, so hopefully um, this will work at least somewhat. Um, I was just talking about the quality of the video and how amazing I thought it was, and. Excuse me. I'm actually surprised that Apple didn't announce when they released it on Friday that, oh, yeah, by the way, several of the Apple TV shows that you guys all know and love, we shot them the last year in 3D without telling anybody, and now they're available in 3D if you have a Vision Pro headset. And uh, they didn't do that. But I would be stunned if they don't do it going forward. Yeah. You know? Um, but- yep. The, the quality of the imagery was really amazing. And something that I don't think they had talked a whole lot about, but what she showed me was not only do you have 3D video that you can shoot with your phone or with the Vision Pro headset, but you could also um, do what they called immersive 3D. And this is where they took the video and basically wrapped it 180 degrees around your head so that you can't, you know, it, it's, you feel like you're in the room. And they showed a little bit of uh, a, a music artist singing in a studio, and you felt like you were standing in the studio watching her sing and her band, you know, around in the room. It was it was stunning how good it was. Huh. Yeah. Well, that sounds great. Yeah. And they did show a little clip of a sporting a sporting event. They, uh, you know, Apple has the contract with uh, Major League Soccer, and so they had the. Uh, uh, a, a soccer game going on, and like I had anticipated, that is going to be a game changer for people watching sports. Um, they had a, a, a camera set up like down behind the goal, um, and you know along the sidelines. And I can see a point where like you'll be able to watch the game, and then say, "Oh, I want to get down right on the field." No, I want to be up, you know, on the fortieth floor, you know, on the fortieth row, so I can look down and see the whole field. Uh, no, I want to be, and you know, they'll have several different locations around the stadium, so you'll be able to watch it, and and also live concerts or even recorded concerts. It's going to be a game changer when it comes to that, the ability to get that high quality audio and feel like you're literally standing in the audience watching the show. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and uh, and that was the thing that was that was amazing. As you watch the the commercials that they've been running, you know, and you see the guy you know, laying on his couch with the screen in front of him. What you don't get from watching that is just how good that looks. The quality of that video is stunning. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, essentially what you're getting is two 4K screens. Um, they showed me a piece of video and she pointed out that that had been shot in 8K. Um, so I'm sure what they did is they sort of put 4K into one eye and 4K into the other eye and and offset them to give you the essential the essence of you know uh um 3d 4k yeah you know and most of the like you know a while back there was some tvs that were 3d capable but they all used uh polarization and shutters on glasses which always yeah. meant, that always meant you were getting half of the brightness in each eye because one you know you're always going through a filter of some sort with the screen and um, and so, you know, by actually having two separate screens for each eyeball, you get vivid color. I mean, it just was best 3D I've ever seen. Yeah, that's what uh, one of these articles that I posted uh, for you to read mm-hmm. here. The guy basically said you, you, it was so enticing that you 
when you took it off, you were disappointed. You wanted to immediately put it back on. You were drawn to it. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, I mean, it remains to be seen because it's so new. But right now, I would say the absolute killer app is is 3D video consumption. And so there's going to be for um, uh, for the TV and movie industry a renaissance in shooting things or going back and remastering things in 3D. Mm. Because, you know, now the only thing that's going to stop that from happening in in mass is the fact that it's a, you know, $3,500 starting point for a consumer product. Yeah, until they get an, uh, an audience built up with a number, a larger number of owners. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, and it also remains to be seen if the public is going to say 3D is worth it. You know, 3D TVs came and went, and they said, nope. But that 3D was crappy by comparison. Yeah. You know? So, um, yeah, I mean, it just remains to be seen. But Yeah, I think the things that will take off initially are some of the business applications. That's why I published one. That, uh, there was this article that talked about uh, general business. Right, uh, use, uh, and uh, it it didn't get into specifics, but uh, it did sound like there's a lot of the stuff that's coming out already are specific to uh, various uh, companies or types of companies uh, that have made special software specifically for the device. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's it's it's a device in search of of uh, a, a reason to exist in some ways, but um, but even lacking that, just the basic obvious stuff, I think is still uh, real, real compelling. You know, yeah, the the quality video, the sound quality. I mean, the big hang up is just the price point, and you know that's going to limit things. Like um, I. Had, when after the, the video was done and I saw the sports video, I, I said, well, if you can promise me right now that they're going to, I could sit and watch the, the Super Bowl that way, I'd buy one of these today. But to be honest, is as, as compelling as the demo was, I had no compulsion to try to go walk out of there with one yet. Because... You didn't put your checkbook out, huh? Nope. It's just, it's a lot of money, and like I said, they, I'm sure they'll work out the kinks, but there were still You're some... Gone, things, Todd. There were still some things that didn't quite click with um, with the interface, you know, that needs to be smoothed out. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so, you know, it, again, it's a version one, you know. I had right. I had version one of the iPad, and, uh, and I, I remember vividly feeling uh, bad... As soon as the version two came out, because they redesigned it, it became much smaller and lighter and more comfortable and easier to use with version two. Version one was, you know, in retrospect, kind of a beta. Yeah. And um, so I don't know. We'll see. Well, when you when you talk about where to put your money, you know, I've been anxiously looking at iPad upgrades because I don't even have an M one based, you know, an M. Uh, iPad yet. Right, neither do uh, I. And and also, they have a, a OLED uh, iPads uh, already kind of not announced, but expected to come out sometime later this year. And it's not going to be cheap. You know, it's going to be $1,500 up, $100 yeah. up. And so, if you talk about doing that, then you say, well, 
instead of 1500 why don't I just combine that with another couple grand and mm-hmm. and go all the way and say, forget the iPads? Yeah, honestly, um, for somebody who wants to see things bigger and clearer, the Vision Pro makes lots of sense. And the fact that you can, you know, uh, like you, you spend a lot of time on your iPad sitting there in your little couch that's got a recliner, right? You can recline yes. back and put the screen still up in front of your face instead of down in your lap, and you don't have to hold anything there. That's right. And so you don't get tired. The, the only limiting thing then, somebody said, is the battery length. Yeah, you get two hours on a battery, give or take two to two and a half, but it also comes with a 30-watt charger that you could just run the cable directly to the wall. So if you've got a power outlet there, you, you could use it as long as you wanted. Yeah. So, so maybe I'm thinking about this thing instead of getting an iPad. The only well, question is, when will I get a, a cheaper version of this that does not too limiting, you know? Yeah. Well, you noticed the, the, the text that you didn't see that I sent to you yesterday when I was done said, just got home from Apple Vision Pro Demo. You should schedule a demo at the Apple Store. Because I think... I, I did, yeah. I, I think that would be... I think for your use case, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know? I mean, more sense to me than buying a newer... Because you've been talking about... You know, there's rumors about like a larger, like 15-inch or 16-inch iPad. Can you imagine right. trying to hold that in your lap or hold that up while you're reading it? Um, you know, I think this makes more sense. Yeah. Did, did you say, ask, by the way, what the wait time is to get one? Um, I didn't, but uh, at, at the store I was at, uh, I saw a person come in and say, I'm looking for one, and they sold it to him. So they were available. Um, oh. If you order it delivered to your house, it's about a week and a half, I think. Oh, so they still got got stuff. Yeah, for sale. Yeah. Again, I think that the dollar amount has scared a lot of people away. Yeah. Yeah. Some uh, there was a couple views of how how to compare it to what we have. The one uh, the article I said Vision Pro may replace the iPad uh, with this was uh, Gorman's. Uh, German rather mm-hmm. thing, uh, but then and so that kind of made me think about it. This, but then somebody else then said it. It's kind of like the next Mac and a TV combined. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that's probably accurate. In fact, you know that that famous quote at the end of the Steve Jobs biography saying that you know they were working on TV and he thinks he cracked it. And we all keep yeah. waiting for a new version of software to come out for the Apple TV. I think this is what he was talking about because, you know, you shared an article that says that, you know, Tim Cook saw a, uh, a, a preview of this back before they were in the new new building. And Steve Jobs was avail- around when they were, were still planning the new building. So he may have seen a real early version of this that was... You know, like like the description in the in the article talks about that it was essentially not something you wore on your head, but rather a room that you sat in, you know, with with a goggle thing that you kind of slid up into because it was so right. big. Um, yep. But they've done you know miraculous things, bringing it down to size and make it work in there. And I think that and and, and honestly, as far as it being the new TV and the new computer, I absolutely believe that's going to be the case. Not this version one. Well, but this this the only thing about a TV is your, it's a shared thing. This is isolating. So 
It de- it depends but, on yeah. I mean, it, it it can be a shared thing. If you want to sit in a room and watch television with your family, then certainly a TV is the right device. But if you yourself yeah. or just want to watch something, or say say you're sitting in bed at night and you want to watch something instead of you know, and you don't want to bother your spouse, you put in your AirPods and you put this thing on and you can watch whatever you want, and as big well, a big a screen as you want. You want to read you something? See, you can make it as big as you want. Yeah, because of my hearing problem, I'm already isolated from my wife in the sense that uh, she's, you know, uh, uh, she, she's doing something, but I'm listening to, while I'm watching my iPad, I don't hear anything except what's coming out of the iPad. Right. <laughs> I mean, I can hear her in the background, so I, I do know she's hollering at me. <laughs> yeah. Now, I read somewhere, too, that this does have direct connect support for some uh, hearing aids. I don't know which ones and whether it would work with yours. It's something you would probably want to look into. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have to take my hearing aids off, you know. Yeah, I mean, if you're using the built-in sound that's just, you know, right above your ear, uh, then your hearing aid should pick that up just fine. Yeah. So... Yeah. Anyway, I think you really should get a uh, get schedule a demo and go see it because you may you may decide that that's that's your iPad. Yeah, but let let me tell you one thing that was a real turnoff though. One of these guys talking about this experience with their partner nearby is that if I'm just going, uh, you know, using the sound out of this, they hear everything that you're doing. You know, it's like it's like somebody sitting beside you with an iPad with volume or i i'm always putting up with the television that mom is watching i don't watch tv but she watches those that i don't watch and and the sound is annoying so basically i can turn that out off by turning down my hearing aids and then turning up the volume of the uh uh the wi-fi stuff that's feeding directly into my ear ear uh hearing aids Mm -hmm. so there's always going to be this conflict uh, if I get something like this, uh, I couldn't use the hearing because it's going to disrupt everybody else in the room. Well, that's where I, you know, I said just a minute ago that it will sync up with certain hearing aids. So if it works with your hearing aids, then you don't have that problem. And secondarily, that's- if it doesn't work with your hearing aids, use Apple AirPods Pro, and that way then you can use sound isolation and go straight into your ear, and nobody hears it. Yeah, but then I have to swap out hearing aids and other stuff if somebody interrupts and wants to talk to me. So that's very cumbersome. Ah, life's rough. You see, right now I can go from one to the other basically by touching a couple buttons, turning off Wi-Fi, and that cuts off. Again, just like the iPad, the the Vision Pro works with some hearing aids. So you just have to look and see if yours are supported. Yep. Yeah, and, and if I could just quickly turn off the, I'm assuming if it talks to the hearing aid by a Wi-Fi, so, right? I have no idea. I would have guessed Bluetooth, but okay. Or, I'm sorry, Bluetooth, that's what I meant. I I, I meant Bluetooth. So, and I could presumably turn off the Bluetooth from that device if I want to talk to somebody else, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so. no, I, I suspect... That, you know, it's going to work pretty much the same way other Apple products work with hearing aids. And in fact, you know, it's the, the operating system is still based on iOS, just like uh, the iPad and the Apple TV and, you know, 
And so the the underlying stack that supports the Bluetooth is going to probably work pretty much the same way. Yeah. Now, when you go to make your appointment with them, did they tell you to do anything to prepare to come when you came over there? The only thing they asked was uh, they wanted me to let them know if I had prescription lenses or if I used readers and if I knew what my prescription was. Uh, they wanted to bring the gla- your glasses with you. They actually have a device there that will scan your glasses so that they can then put in inserts into the Vision Pro to match your prescription as best they can. Oh, okay. So yeah. so I could just there with my glasses and do it. Yeah. So you just got to bring your glasses with you. I brought a um, uh, I brought a pair of readers, but I had my prescription for my 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 reading glasses too. It said, you know, I use over the counter reader glasses just because they're cheaper and they work. And so that's what they put in mine, and they and it worked fine. The yeah. only thing that was a little bit of an issue is when I first put the headset on, I didn't snug it quite the way I needed to, and so it slid down just a little bit. And so it was hard for me to see stuff at the top of the screen of the view area within the goggles. And so um, I had to reset, reseat them. And then there's a knob on the right-hand side that cinches it down and holds it snug. And uh-huh. so I just had to cinch it down a little bit more to, to make it fit right. You know, and part yeah. of that's just learning how to, how to make, you know, how to put the device on and make it fit the, the right way. Yeah, because I I will absolutely not be able to leave my glasses on because they get in the way of the of the enclosure around your face. Absolutely, you know, you cannot wear glasses with this at all. You so so any corrective lenses have to be the ones that are designed to work inside the uh, Apple Vision Pro itself, and those click in magnetically. And so when I got there, she then took my information, and we sat and waited for a minute, and then somebody came walking from uh, behind me. I don't know where they were at with a little tray that had an Apple Vision Pro on it uh, connected to a battery, and uh, and they had already put the, the, the lenses in it for us. And uh-huh. then that's the device then that I used for the for the thing. When I was done, I set it all back on the tray, and they carried it away. Yep. And I'm sure sounds they... Like, sounds like I better bring my credit card along, too. <laughs> I, honestly, <laughs> when, uh, you know, when, when I was sitting there going through the whole thing, that part of my thought was that this is exactly what you would would work for you in terms of uh, a replacement for an iPad, you know, because you can yeah. it's it's got the browser built in. You can go and do all of the um, you know pretty much everything you do. You can do inside that Vision Pro um, uh, instead of on your iPad. And did they talk to you at all about uh, charging it? Uh the payment, the payoff uh, over how many years or whatever or how many months? They did not, um, but that's all available online. You can look at it. So if you buy it, especially if you buy it with the Apple credit card, you get a 3%, you know, cash back yeah. on it, and you can spread it out. I think it, they, they said you can spread it out over two or three years. I can't remember exactly how much it was. But when they do that, they also do it. There's no interest on that. So, you know, as long as you're making your payments, it's, you know, yep. free money. So, um yeah, but that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why not? Take, why not use free money for as long as yeah. you can? Since they, uh, unlike the the what they do with the phones, though, they have not committed to there being a you know Apple Vision Pro Mark II, and so there's not a upgrade program like there is with the phones. 
You know, we know we're getting a new phone every year. So with Apple, you can sign up to basically just get a new phone every year when you're making your payments. Um, and that's not the case with the Apple Vision Pro at this point. So now that doesn't mean that they couldn't come out with a new one next year and then just say, okay, if you have one, you can trade it in and keep making payments and now you get the new one, you know, but. Thus far, they, you know, Apple's Apple standard line, right? We don't comment on unreleased products. Right. So. Well, that's uh, sounding more exciting as time goes on. Yeah. I, I was very impressed with the overall technology and how, um, how it, you know, the sense of getting around within that environment was very intuitive and natural. Uh-huh. So, anyhow, uh, so uh, I guess we've kind of kind of covered it. Is there anything else you you want to talk about today? Then, uh, um, no. I guess the only other thing I would say is you know, uh, just as a conversation topic. You know, there are clearly some uh, companies like Netflix and uh, uh, Facebook that they've come out and, and, and said that they don't have plans for a Vision Pro version of their app. Um, all of those companies are are reachable via the browser, and so you can use the Safari browser within the, the device to get there. Um, and so that, you know is a a way of still using it. Sometimes it's nicer to have a standalone app for certain things. And, um, uh, you know, I think it remains to be seen, you know, how popular the device becomes will probably drive whether or not some of those companies add support at some point, you know, in, as a standalone app. Yeah, if, if they realize that if you're, you know, for, all, for owners of these uh, Vision Pros, that if, if they lose their subscription because it's just not appealing anymore because you're seeing better quality stuff elsewhere, and they just lose market share, you know? Yeah. Well, I think right now they're saying the market for this thing is so small given the price and the number of people and the number of devices they're making that it's not a it's not an urgent thing for them, but that, you know, that can change. Yep. So, and, it, you know, I mean, it's probably a prudent thing to do. You know, you don't want to spend when you have the product that people want, you know, they'll come to you, especially if there's, you know, a perfectly viable way to get to you via web browser. And you don't necessarily need to spend a lot of development costs creating a standalone device for a small number of people. Right. You know, and I say small number. It's relatively small. It's much smaller than, you know, the iPhone or I mean, you look at um who is it? Uh, which one of them? Oh, it's Facebook. Facebook doesn't even have an iPad app to this point. If you if you're on the iPad and you want to get on Facebook, you do it through a browser. You know they have a, they have an app on the phone, but the iPad is not even a big enough product market for them to, to create an, a standalone app for it. If that's the case, then you know there's no way they're going to do one for the Apple Vision Pro. So it shouldn't be a surprise. Huh. So well, I, I did read one of the ones that has not committed to support for it yet is uh, YouTube, but I noticed that there is another, uh, another there's a software developer that has a, an app out that allows you to do all the stuff you can do with the YouTube app, and it ties right into the YouTube um, um, uh, 
programming interface. And so, you know, if you want a standalone app instead of using the browser, you could download their app and use that to access YouTube. Yeah, see, uh, these uh, 3D uh, videos will become competitive with everything on YouTube right now because that's all old stuff. Yeah, Instantly makes you wonder. Yeah, is YouTube going to up update to to su- supporting 3D formats? Yeah, you know. Well, and that's the other thing that's interesting too, because Oculus and and Apple Vision Pro do not support the same formats, so that has to shake out before somebody like YouTube is going to commit one way or the other, probably. Yeah. You know. Well. Nobody's going to go to an old format from a new one. It's always moves forward. Right. You know. The only question is when do you do it? You know, Betamax had better quality, but VHS won the war. So, yep. A lot of it's uh, who gets the devices out there and and what happens. You know, just wait and see, wait and see. But uh, yeah, very impressive technology. You know, if it had been. Uh, $2,000 cheaper, I'd have one right now. But, you know, that's just an awful lot of money. Yep. So, yep. So, someday I will get one. I absolutely will have one. I believe that this is, I believe it when they talk about, you know, I've seen the future and this is it. I really believe that those who, who have said that and have seen it, I, I agree. You know, yeah. it may not be exactly this, but it's a version of this. You know, this is going to get refined and get better and better as time goes by. Yep. So, so uh, I'm anxiously uh, waiting uh, now, thinking about when I'll go go up there and have this demo. Since, especially because if you can get one, walk out the, the door with one. Yeah. Now I can't say that's true in every Apple store, but. Um, you know, it was interesting. I asked my uh, my guide if she had gotten to go up to Cupertino and get training on on this, and she said uh, most stores got two people to go, and their store got six. I guess that's because of the volume of, of the store. You know how much, uh-huh. but but she says, and I wasn't one of them, so I got trained by one of them when they came back. I see. So she didn't get a trip to Cupertino, um, but I wonder if you know the. That also is an indicator of like how much stock each store was in, you know. Yeah. So, but either way, it doesn't look like there's a long wait at this point, you know. Yep. But it'll be interesting to see how that curve uh, goes. You know, is the is the demand going to start to dip, or is it going to slowly build to the point where you know that it's going to stay ahead of their ability to produce the devices? Right. You know. You know, because there was a whole lot of of rumors about you know they were only going to be able to produce uh, you know a certain number based on limitations of the production ability of the screen and so yeah but you know those are rumors so you don't know how much how much weight to really give them so yep. I think you need to make yourself an appointment though I think you're going to be impressed well I'm, I'm ready to be impressed yeah um, I was surprised too when I went to do it. I booked it on uh, using the Apple Store app on my phone when I booked the appointment, and mm-hmm. um, it's under the, there. You know, you, there's different sections like you can go and, and uh, in the thing, and you know, one of the sections to schedule appointments. Then it, you, then it asks, well, what do you want? You know, what what device is it you need help with? 
You don't want a genius appointment. You want a sales appointment. Oh. And so it's it's part of the sales department, which makes sense. I mean, it's a it's a demo to see if you're going to buy one. So right. Yep. So anyway, okay. why don't we hit our our wrap up music and we'll call it a day. Okay, Todd. I enjoyed it. Thanks for all the description of what you experienced there, because I, I learned a number of things that I didn't get out of the the articles. That, right. Uh, well, that's why I did it, because I just figured, you know, seeing it firsthand yourself is going to be better than hearing someone else talk about it, you know? And so to right. anybody listening, I would say if you have the opportunity, book an appointment and go see for yourself. You know, I tried to be as descriptive as I could, but, you know, each of you is going to have your own, you know, each person... Somebody- just don't quite do it. Right. I will tell you, the, the in the immersive thing, one of the things they had you do, she warns you beforehand because she says this video is going to have you at height and it's going to be underwater with sharks and you'll be next to some animals, some wild animals. And if any of that causes you fear, then let me know and we just won't play that video. Uh, and which, which is interesting because on a regular video, I don't think people would care. In a 3D realistic video, it could freak you out a little bit. And while the underwater didn't bother me and the sharks and, the, and there were some rhinoceroses uh, up close and personal, standing on the edge of a cliff looking over, put a little knot in my stomach because I'm not fond of heights to begin with. And, you, and, yeah. and it was fun in those videos to not look at necessarily what was the main subject, but to like look down or look to the side or look up and see, you know, the, the full spectrum of this immersive 180 degree video. Wow. That was very impressive. Yeah. Because you felt like you were standing on the edge of a cliff looking over. Yeah. 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 In fact, she commented, she says, it's fun watching people when that video comes on, see how people react. She says, it's, it's, there's a very, um, physical reaction by people as they realize, you know, oh, I'm, I'm I'm falling. I'm right here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure there are going to be some people who would like grab the couch, you know, or like really be concerned. Uh, you know, I thought it was pretty cool. Pretty cool. So, all right. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll be back again next week. Have a great one, Dad. You too, Todd. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.